Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley radio program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast on this Friday. Yes, it is Friday the 13th. But I do not believe in luck. I don't believe in curses. Well, maybe. Got to think about that one. <laughs> Welcome to our Friday broadcast. Good to be back with you. A lot to cover during the course of today. I want to begin in an unlikely place. And I say this because I really believe that one of the things we've got to be careful about is avoiding the activity that's focused on groupthink and what I would call the mob. Interestingly enough, if time permits, our Faith Focused Friday deals with the mob. We're not talking about gangsters here. But we're talking about a group of people and the collective mindset that sometimes drives people to do some horrible things. Here's why I say my starting place is very unusual. It's because really one of the most important pieces of legislation to the future of our country has been introduced by a good friend of mine. It probably will get little attention. I have a strong suspicion it's not going to go very far. But it's really one of the most important things this country could possibly do right now. It deals with our economic future. And frankly, it could impact our survival. How many of you read the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island? We've had the author on this program to discuss the genesis of the organization called the Federal Reserve. Probably many, if not most of you know, the Federal Reserve is not a federal agency. It's a private, some have called it a cartel. And there's no accountability here, none. Which is why my friend Congressman Thomas Massey has doggedly champion this issue along with Rand Paul Ron Paul's been on this for years to audit the Federal Reserve this has come up multiple times and unfortunately it's not gone very far there's a quote in fact I was looking for this this morning and this is attributed to a Rothschild 
who basically said, permit me to issue and control the money of a nation and I care not who makes its laws. And in fact, one of the questions that's raised here is to whether this is the person who actually made the statement. But there's something to this. Another similar quote, if a man were permitted to make all the ballads, he need not care who should make the laws of a nation. You get the idea here that if you control the money, you have virtual control of the country. And this is something that the Founding Fathers never would have encouraged or permitted and certainly would not have participated in. Maybe it's worth it some time to have a discussion about the Federal Reserve, how it came about, and what it's done over the years. The book Creature from Jekyll Island is, I mean, it's mind-boggling when you read it because it exposes so many things, dark things. And dare I say it, some may be shocked to hear me say this, things our country has been involved in because of the Federal Reserve, because of the international banking system. We've done some pretty horrible things driven by this entity. <laughs> Chris writes in, Good morning, my brother Vince. Happy New Year. Now you're getting too deep in the rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. And we should go here. H.R. 24 to audit the Federal Reserve. From Congressman Thomas Massey, I want to praise three members of Congress from here in the Carolinas who have got behind, gotten behind this legislation. And these are names you hear over and over again. They're the faithful few. I believe, I don't know what the number is of people he has behind it right now. But certainly to be praised, Congressman Dan Bishop from right here in North Carolina, 9th District. In South Carolina, Ralph Norman and Jeff Duncan. They have all gotten behind this legislation. These are true patriots. So... If your member of Congress has not been mentioned, you're not represented by one of these men, you need to call your member of Congress and tell them you want them to support the bill to audit the Federal Reserve. And yes, there are Democrats out there who are in favor as well. This could actually get traction. I want to dare to believe that at some point there may be enough people who wake up to this threat and are willing to take a stand so that's my starting place today because this is monumental Thomas Massey writes this the American people benefit when we work to increase government transparency hashtag audit the Fed no-brainer here folks let's get to the red meat that's floating out there dangling before the alligators the story about classified documents 
at President Joe Biden's private home and office. Yesterday, you heard a live news conference that Joe Biden held. In fact, I think we have time to play this. Peter Ducey calling out Joe Biden yesterday. Listen up. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my in my, my my personal library. All right, there you go. That's what Joe Biden had to say yesterday. Coming up, we're going to talk about what's happened, including a special counsel. And believe it or not, (laughs) the defense, the defense for Joe Biden. This one is really going to amuse you. That much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. Stay with us. We're back on the Vince Coakley radio program over on the text line. This texture says, Vince, I read the creature from Jekyll Island opened my eyes not only about the Fed, but what causes inflation? Yep. Folks, this is not rocket science. The problem is most people just do not read and will never read. Also, this person adds, likewise, countries or individuals that provide money to our government, leaders, control our country. Yep. I love it, Vince. Audit the Fed is a great idea. Vince JFK wanted to audit the Federal Reserve. They killed him within a month. This person throwing some shade at our friend in Congress in the upstate. Vince, the name Duncan carries less weight for me. What's the reason for that? Is it because of the speaker vote? Don't, please, don't let that in any way shape your perspective on Jeff Duncan. Don't do that. We need all the patriots we can get, believe me. Vince, didn't Trump have a small amount of documents? This person adding, I just knew you would start the show with the announcement of Donald Trump coming to South Carolina which he is later in the month. Nope. <laughs> As texture says, so scary that the demented clown has a Corvette to drive. You seen him in that Corvette? He really thinks he's cool. As a former army officer who has been in SCIFs for sensitive intel, a locked garage is not appropriate for classified documents, you think? This person in the upstate says Biden's only viable defense would be pleading insanity. (laughs) My goodness. In regards to the caller who said your discussion this morning about auditing the Fed was going down a rabbit hole, I don't think you'll like the trip down inevitable alternative hole if we don't. 
Yeah, I don't think the country will appreciate where we will go eventually. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. You heard before the break, we played the audio that you heard live on yesterday's program. Peter Ducey, I love this guy. You know, to be honest with you, I was a little skeptical. It's like his dad, Steve, is on Fox and Friends. I thought, okay, no nepotism here. But I'll tell you what, this guy's proven himself. He's one of the few who actually calls out the entire administration. And good for him. So now we have Attorney General Merrick Garland, who has very quickly appointed a special counsel to investigate the discovery of classified government records at the private home and office of President Joe Biden. Garland has tapped Robert Hurd to serve as special counsel. Garland previously had assigned John Lausch, the U.S. Attorney for Chicago, to handle the inquiry after the first batch of records were discovered in November. A senior Justice Department official said this is not a decision that Garland has made lightly. Robert Hur. He's authorized to investigate whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with this matter. Hur has served as U.S. Attorney for Maryland from 2018 through 2021 after being nominated for that post by then-President Donald Trump, a Republican. Hmm. Garland's announcements, which cited extraordinary circumstances, came hours after Biden and his lawyers said a second batch of classified documents recently been found in a garage in the Democrat president's private home in Wilmington, Delaware. That discovery made December 20th. First batch found November 2nd by lawyers for the president in an office in a Washington think tank that Biden had used while private citizen between 2017 and 2021. This was after serving as vice president in the Obama administration. As you would expect, the reaction to this fast and furious, and for good reason. One of the problems that Joe Biden will face is his own mouth. Kind of reminds me of one of the Proverbs that basically says you are ensnared by the words of your own mouth. Case in point, 60 Minutes interview. Do you remember this? This has been played over and over and over again as the people who love to um, relish in the sufferings of former President Donald Trump, they love to virtue signal. Well, this is a clip that certainly has not aged well. Here is Joe Biden speaking about the discovery of documents at Mar-a-Lago. Listen up. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. <laughs> totally irresponsible. Of course it is. 
I wonder what Joe Biden thinks about those comments now. As I mentioned, number of people jumping in, piling on after learning about this discovery. Among them, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is really going way, way ahead of things. It's probably premature, but she's put this perspective out there anyway. Here are her comments. Ms. MTG on the Biden documents. Listen up. This is a very serious situation. Uh, Vice presidents cannot declassify documents. And the fact that Joe Biden uh, is in possession of of classified documents when he was vice president signals that we need to have a serious investigation into this. And there's a a true two-tiered justice system uh, stemming from Merrick Garland's uh, Department of Justice and the way that President Trump has been treated, who who is allowed to, to classify and declassify documents. Presidents can do that. Versus the Democrats and Joe Biden and how he's being treated. Um, I'll echo again, uh, impeach Biden. And that's what we need to do. Whoa, impeach Biden. Pretty sad, isn't it? This is where we are. A president who has not held back on condemning a former president for his handling of classified materials. Now here he is accused And basically, readily acknowledging he's done the same thing. We had Andy McCarthy on this broadcast a few days ago, speaking on this. Was this yesterday, day before? He actually is out with an op-ed on this. We're going to share during the course of today's broadcast. So, we will get to that. Still to come, you'll also hear the defense. The defense for Joe Biden. What direction are the Democrats going to go? Well, if it's one in particular, you will rightfully conclude this person is a nut. (laughs) That and much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. back on the broadcast if you'd like to join the conversation you are absolutely encouraged to do so the gs plumbing talk line 800 the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 and over on that text line we begin here Vince, i think the documents were left where they were so hunter could access so he can sell the information to China. What do you think? Boy, that's pretty racy and, frankly, kind of silly. Why would you be so blatant? This person not too pleased with Jeff Duncan, saying Duncan is turning into a summer patriot. We need winter patriots now. I don't know if I can donate or vote for him again after his vote for McCarthy. On the Federal Reserve, auditing the Fed. Vince, very happy you're covering this bill after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Investing in silver, 
my mind was blown after a very concise coverage of how the Fed was formed. With all the backroom dealings, definitely need to audit the Fed. Yep. On the documents, the only reason this has ever come to light, so the Republicans can't use the documents against Biden, because conveniently they're all under investigation by Merrick's special counsel. Mm-hmm. Vince, stop watching the squirrel. Pay attention to Gavin Newsom. So you think he's going to be the person they will anoint to come in as the knight in shining armor? Hmm. All the crazy crap Ms. Green has spoken, and she talks about impeachment. Come on, man! <laughs> if we impeach Biden, the scary thing is we have dum-dum in office. Not sure what's better. Unless we, unless we can impeach both. Oh, my goodness. Vince, don't be surprised if this has been the plan all along. These documents are just going to facilitate that plan. They will be used to push Mr. Magoo out the door. But it will be an even bigger stain on the Democrats because they rigged an entire primary just to get him in there. Interesting perspective there, Jeff. The problem is a special counsel needs to be set up by Republicans because Garland is untrusted. Her allowed the fraud steal dossier and cause the Mueller investigation. Plus, Garland can withhold any documents and remove any evidence, which will control the narrative and interfere in 2024 election. <laughs> this is so messy, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Why did you just ask why they would be so blatant? Everything they've done is blatant, because there are no repercussions. This from the upstate, getting ahead of me, so, Vince, you don't agree with Hank, Captain Capsize Johnson, and his theory? We're going to get to that in a moment. <laughs> I have actually, I've read about this before, but I did not hear it with my own ears. You're about to in just a bit. You want to talk about Looney Ben. Jonathan Turley pointed this out for this reason. Jonathan Turley quoted Hank Johnson and others who believe the classified Biden documents were planted. Planted. Alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of Joe Biden. This guy saying things can be planted in places and then discovered conveniently. That may be what has occurred here. Who said this? Representative Hank Johnson. And Jonathan Turley points out, notably, Representative Johnson has fought to stop Republican conspiracy theories from being spread through social media. So he's been trying to squelch your speech while he, at public meetings like this, questioning a general, makes the most idiotic observation and claim. Are you ready for this? This is Hank Johnson having a conversation with a general. I guess this is a concern about global warming and overpopulation on the tiny island of Guam. Listen to this. My fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. <laughs> Uh, we don't anticipate that. The, uh, the Guam population, I think, currently about 175,000, and again, with 8,000 Marines and their families, it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population. 
producer Chris chimed in on that one. You just couldn't resist, could you? That's such a whopper, isn't it? That is a whopper. (laughs) The island may tip over. Oh, my gosh. This is what you're dealing with, folks. Looney Tune. Absolute Looney Tune. Guy sounds like the bartender didn't push him out the door soon enough. Our friend Andy McCarthy was on to speak on this matter at the very beginning, and now he has written an op-ed for the New York Post, which I'll begin sharing with you before the break. He's basically saying Biden's already admitted his guilt. He's just betting Garland doesn't prosecute him or Trump. Saying there'll be much to chew on as the criminal investigation of President Biden by the newly appointed special counsel Robert Hur unfolds. For now, my question is, have we already, in effect, witnessed a guilty plea? In announcing her appointment, Biden Attorney General Merrick Garland laid out the facts of the case that drove him to the decision. Biden, while he was a private citizen after the conclusion of his term as vice president, retained batches of classified information on unauthorized locations. That's enough evidence of a federal penal offense to warrant a criminal investigation and potential prosecution, which is what's necessary in Department of Justice regs to trigger the appointment of a special counsel. The reaction to the special counsel appointment by Richard Sauber, the lawyer that Biden has brought into the White House to help deal with the investigations, was remarkable. He said the president was confident the special counsel investigation would find the documents in question were inadvertently misplaced. Oh, oh, I feel so much better now. That is not a defense to a charge of mishandling classified information. It's tantamount to an admission of guilt. For conviction, federal law requires prosecutors to establish the defendant was grossly negligent. There's no need to prove that an accused was trying to harm the United States, just that he was trusted with classified information and carelessly flouted the standards for safeguarding it. So it appears Biden is not challenging the documents were classified, that the locations in which he kept them were not authorized, that he failed to keep track of them. Why have an investigation when all the elements of the offense are established? This is open and shut, is what Andy McCarthy is saying. We're going to continue this as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. Vince, always remember, men are from Venus, women from Mars, politicians are from another universe. Gigi, apparently it's quite stunned to hear that audio from Congressman Hank Thomas. Oh my goodness. Regarding Guam, who is this guy? (laughs) Someone that... Hundreds of thousands of people thought it was a good idea to not only elect, but re-elect to Congress. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Vince Moran that he is. Hank Johnson may have a point. If that's the case, I believe a Democrat planted the documents. Most stunning thing about that Hank Johnson clip is actually the Admiral keeping it together and trying to provide an answer. He is a legend. 
Oh, I would have just died laughing right in front of him. And I would have looked him in the eye. Are you really that stupid? <laughs> this texter saying that general fighting hard to keep from laughing. That would have been very, very difficult. <laughs> Stunning, ladies and gentlemen. Someone in the upstate also saying, that's it, Vince. Send everyone to California. Maybe it will break off. Surely you would not hope such a thing would happen. Come on. Uh, boy, what do you do? So I was sharing with you. What can I, <laughs> I got to get these McCarthy's. Distinguished here. Andy McCarthy wrote a great op-ed, and I've already explained to you his premise here, that Joe Biden's already pleaded guilty. He's already acknowledged that he has committed a crime. That's what's happened here. So, what do you do? Andy continues, no doubt because sufficiency of the evidence of the evidence is only one of the two questions prosecutors must ask before charging some of the crime. The second question is whether, even if the person is technically guilty, an indictment is in the public interest. It appears, then, that Biden's approach will be to avoid discussing the slam-dunk evidence and spin the equities of prosecutorial discretion to his advantage. He'll say the number of documents was comparatively small that he self-reported the violation as soon as it was discovered, that he immediately turned the documents over to the National Archives and that he cooperated fully with the investigation. The subtext, of course, will be that his, this compares favorably to former President Donald Trump's conduct, hoarding hundreds of documents, fighting government efforts to retrieve them for two years, misleading investigators, and claiming in the absence of any known proof to have declassified the documents. The Biden team knows Clinton committed willful misconduct in the email scandal and got away with it. He knows that. Yet the subtext doesn't change the stubborn fact Biden is apparently guilty of essentially the same offense for which Trump is under investigation by a special counsel. With the 2024 election looming, the Biden administration knows much of the country is white-hot angry over our two-tier justice system where for similar conduct republicans are aggressively prosecuted but democrats they get a pass if trump is charged but her closes the biden case by recommending against an indictment millions of americans will be irate biden for whom garland and her ultimately work cannot afford that which brings us to the most significant equity of all of the questions on whether charges should be filed precedent specifically the Hillary Clinton president the Biden team knows Clinton committed willful misconduct in the email scandal and got away with it she purposefully established a homebrew service system improperly conducted government business over for years evading government record-keeping requirements when she was found out she destroyed tens of thousands of government records, including classified intelligence, even though she knew her emails were relevant to ongoing investigations. Her lawyers pressured the Obama-Biden Justice Department to limit the FBI's investigation, even when she made preposterous statements to the FBI in her perfunctory interview, she knew she would never be charged. Biden may have conceded technical guilt, 
but his team is confident. If Hillary Clinton is the operative precedent, the Biden Justice Department won't charge him. He probably is right about that. But then again, if both Clinton and Biden get a pass, there's no way the Justice Department can justify charging Trump. (laughs) Andy McCarthy says, now don't throw stuff at me. I'm just telling you what's likely to happen, not what should happen. I believe Clinton should have been indicted because officials were who are not famous and who hoard classified intelligence are charged. Some of them get sentenced very, very harshly. And Democrats just spent several years telling us presidents are not above the law, at least when the president is named Trump. In the America we want, there should be equal justice under the law for everyone, including President Biden. Alas, that is not the America we have at the moment. Andy McCarthy is right on the money. Faith Focus Friday and much more straight ahead. You do not want to miss the next hour. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. (laughs) Uh, Get a load of this text that somebody sent me from Western North Carolina just a few minutes ago. Just listen very closely. I think you'll get where this person's going. Hey, Vince, I'm writing to let you know I murdered someone, but it's okay because I'm telling you I did it and I'll work with you on the details. Also, I'm not as bad as OJ. He killed two people and has worked against authorities. So everything's fine with me. I'll just move on with my life. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Tells you a lot, doesn't it, about where we are. Is he is he really far off? I don't think so. Not at all. Still to come, we'll respond to a letter from a listener. But I want to get to some very important things before we move on here. We have a number of deaths of note that I want to bring to your attention. And Faith Focus Friday. Quickly, by now, you've heard about the loss of Lisa Marie Presley, daughter of Elvis, and Priscilla passing away at the age of 54. Lisa Marie Presley, singer, songwriter, daughter of Elvis and Priscilla. This statement put out, it's with a heavy heart, I must share the devastating news. My beautiful daughter, Lisa Marie, has left us. She was the most passionate, strong, and loving woman I've ever known. We ask for privacy as we try to deal with this profound loss. Thank you for the love and the prayers. At this time, there will be no further comment. Thursday morning, Presley was rushed to the hospital for a possible cardiac arrest. And police confirmed to People magazine, paramedics did respond to that address to treat a woman in her 50s who was not breathing. When they arrived, the paramedics began CPR. Upon noting the patient had signs of life, transferred the woman to a local hospital for immediate medical care. But again, Lisa Marie Presley 
has died at the age of 54. Also, Adam Rich, the former child actor known for playing little Nicholas Bradford. I loved this show growing up. He was on the hit show, Eight is Enough. He's passed away at the age also of 54. Isn't this crazy? Adam Rich actually made his TV debut in a 1976 episode of The Six Million Dollar Man. Before landing his breakout role as the youngest child of the Bradford family on Eight is Enough, that ran from 77 to 81. Boy, and so that really brings back memories. I think at the time, where was I? 77 in Indianapolis. 12 years old. That series made Rich one of the biggest child stars of the period. Adam Rich, dead at 54. A texter also chiming in on this story, Jeff Beck, has passed away. Notable English guitarist at the age of 78. News of his death coming out on his Twitter page on behalf of his families with deep and profound sadness. We share the news of Jeff Beck's passing. A legendary musician out of the 60s era of rock and roll. Initially hitting the scene by displacing Eric Clapton of the Yardbirds. He went on to form his own group known as the Jeff Beck Group with peer and legend Rod Stewart. Eight-time Grammy Award winner. Not simply a one-hit wonder. In fact, his latest work involved a tour with Johnny Depp for their album entitled 18. And he was showing no signs of slowing down. Twitter revealed the cause of death, bacterial meningitis, which he contracted suddenly. And though the passing was quick, it was reportedly peaceful. Fortunately. Jeff Beck, dead at the age of 78. Another death of note... Jack Hayford, who was a longtime pastor of Church on the Way, Van Nuys, California, I believe it was. My friend Dennis posted, deeply saddened to hear of his passing. Those of us who were part of the charismatic movement revered him because of his balance of the work of the Spirit in his life and the believer, but not neglecting the brain and the heart, theological and spiritual. He will be missed. He most certainly will. Founding pastor of Church on the Way. He was 88 years old, served as chancellor of the King's University, South Lake, Texas. He founded that in 1997. President of the International Church of the Four Square Gospel. This guy's written over 50 books, too. Composed more than 500 hymns and choruses. 500. I'm going to share with you briefly. One of those songs performed by one of my favorite musicians, singers, Ron Cannoli. Here is Ron singing Majesty. Listen up. Majesty. Okay. Worship his majesty. Unto Jesus be 
all glory, power, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority, flows from His throne unto his anthem Tonight, Lord Jesus, we set aside the balance of this evening to focus upon your kingship and your lordship. Yes, Lord, we acknowledge you as the sacrifice, the great sacrificial lamb. We thank you, Lord God, for the blood that you shed for us. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for the great mercies and blessings that you, that you showered upon our lives. But tonight, Lord, we want to see you not as a lamb, but we want to worship you as that lion of Judah, the king above all kings thank you thank you for your presence we bow before you we acknowledge you we honor you as king of kings and lord of lords Majesty, beautiful song written by Jack Hayford, who's passed away at the age of 88. That's Faith Focus Friday. More coming up right here. Stay with us. I mentioned a number of people who passed away, and I cannot neglect to mention Lynette Hardaway. Remember her of Diamond and Silk? She was known as Diamond from this pro-Trump duo, Diamond and Silk. They were actually on this program early on in the 2016 campaign, but Miss Hardaway has passed away at the very young age of 51. It's pretty sad to uh, just have so many deaths. Really, really sad. Over on the text line, this person mentioning Lynette Hardaway went home to be with the Lord. Pray for her sister, Silk, the rest of the family. Rest in peace. That is from Jeff. 
On the text line, in response to the song Majesty, I that's probably one of my all-time favorite songs. This person saying, Blessed is the name of our Lord, the great I am. And also thank you for playing Majesty this morning. Wonderful song. Quickly get to Faith Focus Friday in this post about the mob. What is the mob exactly? Steve Crosby writes, One of the things we must pay careful attention to when reading the scriptures is the significance, the power, and the voice of the mob. It functions cover to cover. The voice of the mob in scripture is not the voice of God in scripture. And the voice of the mob is always wrong. I want you to think about this, not just in regard to spiritual things, but also politics. Because the voice of collective human consensus, and it normally expresses itself in self-justified violence of some sort, it will be good to kill, get rid of, neutralize, fill in the blank. Is this not the mindset and heart of so many people now? In John 7 and 8, Jesus went from hero to zero in one chapter. Based on what? The consensus of the mob, the crowd. This is why cultural popularity in Christianity is meaningless. There is no significance in popularity. In the clamor about community and finding community, building community ad nauseum, we have to understand a mob gathered around a greed doctrine is not unequivocally a kingdom community. And the voice of that community can be no different than the voice of the mob that says, we have to kill this guy. Yes, this remains true regardless if, quote, committed to the Bible, infallibility, inerrancy, and so on. Bible knowledge does not immunize someone from the voice of the mob. The fellowship of his sufferings immunizes the cross, not one's philosophical commitment to the Bible. Boy, this is so powerful, and I'm not sure these words do justice to what Steve is communicating here. This is not about heads. This is about hearts. The fellowship of his sufferings. Are we entering into that? The people who gathered the mob and conspired to kill Jesus were very sincere and committed. Some were even, quote, blameless before Torah. Lots of sincere and scrupulously moral people were happy to see Jesus dead. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. So if you see this clamor, let's kill, get rid of, neutralize, fill in the blank, do some heart examination. Because Jesus is probably not in that. Just saying. We all need to be reminded of that. I want to get to response to an email that I received, and I just want to say to Troy, Troy, you need to relax, and I have a little better understanding of you after seeing your multiple texts this morning, which is another subject for another time. But I want to share Troy's text, his email to me, because I want to address things here because I'm sure there are plenty of other people out there who might have the same questions, issues, whatever. I'm not going to give his last name. Just the first. 
Mr. Vince, my name is Troy. I'm going to respond to this piece by piece, by the way, because there's a lot here. I'm a resident in Jonesville, South Carolina. I've listened to 106.3 WRD for the last two years every day. I start my day with Tara and end it with Charlie James. I've learned so much listening to the collective voices that come into my radio. I'm now more involved in being governed. Your words are broadcasted, amplified, and projected farther than the average citizens in today's echo chamber-led global economy of words. However, you've taken the platform which has been given to you, and in one sentence, praise the name of Jesus, and the next yell and cuss about the old lily-white Congress people. You yell at me, the nation isn't getting whiter, it's getting darker. As if that were... An offensive or hurtful subject to me or something I can't see happening when we have zero border security and everyone from every nation is racing to Mexico to walk into Mexico and get a cell phone and food stamps. First, I want to address what you've said about what I've communicated here. If you were offended by the lily white Congress people, I just want you to consider this and the way I deal with people. If I'm around black folks and all they hang out with and associate with, if then this all depends on relationship. All they associate with other are other black people, I'm gonna say the same thing. This is this crowd is too chocolate. If you if this is all you are and you don't expand beyond this, you don't develop friendships with white people, I will say the same thing to them. And especially if you're dealing with power and positions of power and influence and leadership, yes, I will say the same thing to black folks. This is what you have to understand. I've been doing this all of my life, Troy. And I challenge people about we really need to examine our hearts. If the circle around us, if the circle around us only looks like us, you really do have to ask the question why and if you're not asking that question I'm very concerned let me continue and I share your concerns about the border this this should not be an either-or thing I understand the United States of America are being invaded and overrun the problem should not be with the color of their skin nor the nationality their ancestors were born to the character of a man is what makes a man not the color of the skin I agree so please stop demonizing this white race for the sins of people who are white. I'm not demonizing anybody. My premise is this. If you want to reach a group of people, and you have people who are suspicious of you because they think you might be racist, the thing to do is to figure out how can we best reach people who sincerely might want to listen to our message. Let me give you an example of this. Years ago, I was involved in a church, which I'm no longer involved in. And I had a white man approach me and say, I'd love to see us do more aggressive outreach in the black community. I'd love to see you be kind of at the front of this. I, would I wouldn't mind stacking chairs. I want to be in the background. so they Because I know they're going to listen to you, not me. This is not racism, folks. This is putting your best foot forward and recognizing the importance of how you communicate a message. We're going to continue this letter after the break. Stay with me. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. a conversation about a letter, email sent to me from Troy, not giving his last name. It's really interesting to me what people think they hear. Starting here, this person says, you're assuming the circle around me is white or that I myself am white, which isn't the point. I've not said anything about you. I think this is interesting. This person, so is it fair you bash Troy on air without him there to speak to? Did he ask you to attack him online? Or was this done quietly? Vince, you disappoint me. Stop it. Really? This person, you did demonize the white race. What kind of crap are you people listening to? I'm serious. No one has bashed the white race. What I have bashed is the lack of diversity. And if you do not see that, and don't think there's anything wrong with that, now how we get there, we can have that conversation. But if you think it's perfectly appropriate for an entire leadership team on anything to be entirely white in 2023, then I have nothing to say to you. There's no hope for you and whatever cause you're trying to push because it has no future. No future, nor should it. I want to be very clear about this. This is really sad to me. See, this person saying, sounds like your defense for your racist statements that I'm racist. You should go back and listen to your own words. I'll put it all together. I'm sure you would. Making observations about race is not racist. If I judge you and question your character, demean your character because of your race, that's another subject altogether. Nobody's doing that. Not blaming you for the sins of anybody. Don't throw me in with other people. If you have a problem with other people doing that, go talk to them. I want to continue. When you attack those lily-white congresspeople, you further push the racial boundary between the states that your voice is being broadcasted, amplified, and projected to. I pray you'll take this seriously and let God speak to your heart and see if he shows you a lack of love and a progressive hatred and distaste for whites in what you say. I have... (laughs) See this again. I'm just being honest with you. It shows the profound ignorance you have, sir. Whoever you are. You should know that I get criticism from black people from being a sellout and being an Uncle Tom. This is part of what really frosts me about perspectives like this, because they're so insular, they're so ignorant, 
And they are so removed from really the totality of not only everything I've communicated on this program, but the life that I have lived. I have lived in this white world. I've spent most of my life in white churches. Mostly white churches. And to be honest with you, this some of this mindset is much of what I found. And it's repulsive. Because it's very... And what I'm saying here, what I'm expressing concern about, is a very insular view. Just like a lot of blacks have a very insular view. Blacks are always... Whites are always views with, viewed with suspicion. I call that out. I call it all out. A wise man told me one day, what's in the well comes out in the bucket. Sir, your bucket has come up and out to the community, and it stinks. It's repulsive, compulsive, and ignorant in your defense and your attacks and provocation of the lily whites who need to see the nations getting darker. Really? Do you even hear the message that I've communicated? Let me tell you one more time. If your goal, if you're concerned, for instance, about saving America, I got news for you. We're reaching a point where there is plurality between whites and other people of other hues in this country. And if you're gatherings, your meetings, your organizations, and believe me, I've been to them, and I've been the only white person at, at Lincoln-Reagan dinners. I've been the only black person there. And I'm telling you, if this is the direction things are going to continue to go, you can go ahead and shut the country down. Give it up, because you will never recover a country gathering together with us four no more. Close the door. That's what I'm saying. For your own sake, you need to start caring about people that are not like you. That's my appeal to you. I pray this nation has good men left to fight for freedom. I share that. I'm not going to stop listening to your show. This past week's the only time I've heard you push an anti-white sentiment. This is not what's being communicated at all. Not at all. Maybe in another week, some other fire will be burning, and you won't blame the whites. Oh, my gosh. Are you really listening to yourself? I'm not talking about the whites. I'm talking about specific people. And, yes, I'm saying there are power-hungry white people in Washington, D.C. who will not get the hell out of the way. Mitch McConnell is one of those people. And there are people who will stay there until they are literally carried out by the undertaker. And that's why I had praise even for the Democrat Party that Nancy Pelosi had the grace. Jim Clyburn, who is black, had the grace to step out of the way for what? Younger, younger energy to arise in the Democrat Party. That's smart. They're looking ahead to the future. As long as you continue this senseless hatred and public demoralization of a race of people from the radio, I will adamantly object. Race can't be the issue. A man can't choose his race. We have to judge individuals individually. If not, we're no better than the cops beating blacks in the South all those years ago. Soon we may be back there. 
this this time beating the straight white man. I would say that's a fair statement with the temperature of the nation since George Floyd. I understand your concerns, and I share some of your concerns. But you are objecting to something that's not an issue for me. Totally off base. By the way, I'd love for you to call in if you want to have a conversation about this on air. But I suspect there may be other people who share this view. Who are so touchy, sensitive, that you can't address an issue without taking this personally. If you're Mitch McConnell, you ought to be offended. If you're any other person who is white in the Republican Party, there's no reason for you to be offended at all. Zero. I'd love to get your thoughts from anyone. <laughs> Stay with us. In the final stretch of the broadcast on this Friday, I want to hear some of your voices in response to the letter I shared. And I hope this is part of an ongoing conversation. Let's keep that conversation going with Philip in Charlotte. Good morning, Philip. Hi. Um, yeah, I was listening to what you were saying. And, and I, was, I was thinking about the wretchedness of, well, like Mitch McConnell. I was thinking about Mitch McConnell, and then you brought him up, and it was like, dude, you're reading my mind. <laughs> But then, you know, Diamond just died of Diamond and Silk. And I used to love to listen to ladies, you know? And, like, you can't... I mean, they weren't politicians. And people... they This life is temporary. These people, they got to go into the next life. We all do. We all got to go to the next life. We can't, we can't expect people to live forever. And so, like, you know, I'm just grateful for them ladies, but I'm hoping there'll be voices like that in our future... Yes. So that, you know, these Mitch McConnells, they got to go. I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm with you, Philip. You know, this is one of the things that was so cool about it. And and I think this is part of what we've got to do. We've got to step out of, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm feeling. And you got to think about somebody else, especially people in this country who have a history of being marginalized. And no, I don't believe we have systemic racism. I'm not making that argument, but what I'm saying is there's still a whole lot of mistrust that needs to be overcome. And to have these black voices emerge, people of color in general, people from groups that we don't expect to emerge in recent years, whether they're blacks, Hispanics, and, and heck, even locally, what I mentioned and having a candidate who is running for city council who is openly gay. And probably one of the best voices for conservatism I've heard in years. I'm going to encourage that. Let's go out to a call from Ed. Good morning, Ed, and welcome. Good morning, Vince. Uh, first of all, I want to mention I'm white. Most of my ancestry is German, not all. Is other things, including Italian and Greek and, and American Indian. And when I was a child, my mother would take me to visit one of her closest friends. We'd have to get on a streetcar to go there. 
and we spent all day with this the back this black these black people, and I I didn't know I was supposed to hate anybody, and another another day of the month my mother would go visit a full blood Sioux Indian lady, and uh, because I'm part Sioux Indian, and and I didn't know I was supposed to hate Indians, <laughs> and it's only when I I um, got older that I saw discrimination. I was one. These people are ignorant. That's just discriminating, and I don't. I didn't. I can't comprehend it. I yeah. still can't. Well, you and can't make sense of it. Behaves differently. I, I'm a Christian. Yes. And I believe the King James version of the Bible. Now, there are certain things that people do that I don't agree with, and they're against God. And I don't endorse them, but I don't hate the person. Right. I just hate what they're doing. Yep. Important distinction, isn't it? Very important distinction. Hey, very much appreciate your call there, Ed. Importance of just embracing people different than ourselves. Um, some other things that are on the text line. Steve out of Indian Trail. Vince, some of your listeners just don't pay attention. <laughs> also, listen to your show every day. I love your commentary. You're a great host. You're spot on. Keep up the good work. You're making people think. Uh-huh. Why it isn't the problem the blacks and browns in government are just as flawed? Absolutely. No question about that. Also, this text says, that guy's ignorant. I'm white. All I see is you trying to unite, not separate. As a white man, I've been listening to your show for many years. I would love to have you as a neighbor. God bless you, Vince. Well, thank you. Also, just because some idiot called you the black face of white supremacy doesn't make you immune to being racist. Of course not. We all got to do self-examination. Dean, this shows you always have a job. No two people think alike. You're like those... Um, I don't know what this is supposed to be. Voice to text can be difficult sometimes. Different but sweet all the way through. Appreciate your kind words there. Vince, it's just the lily part that has people triggered. Just like if someone called me chocolatey black, I'd probably have a problem with that. And if that's offensive, just acknowledge that offended you. And we can have a conversation about that, by the way. Vince, I'm a white man. I think you're one of the most down-to-earth, objective people. Some people are just nuts. PGB says, amen, brother. Preach your white African brother. Always listening. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs> this person, though, says, maybe, Vince, it's you who can't communicate well enough to be talking about serious things like this. I think America was created by God as it is. Multiracial, multicultural, all with different opinions about how they should please and approach God. Very interesting items here. And this is a conversation. This doesn't end today. The uh, lines are always open. Have yourselves a great weekend. And God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.